Hey, hockey moms, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. And now a word from tonight's sponsor. Morley's American Grill, East Orvis Street in Messina, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week. Their tavern offers gourmet sandwiches, burgers, and creative salads. Visit their Facebook page for daily specials and fun times, like Margarita Mondays or Pub Quiz Night on Wednesday. Morley's also offers fine dining with classy steaks, seafood, and pasta menu. Stop in and see what everyone's talking about. That's Morley's American Grill, 240 East Orvis Street in Messina. Open seven days a week. Like them on Facebook. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club, episode 32 tonight, folks. We have the usual suspects with us tonight, Patrick, Uncle Lardy Sullivan, our producer with us. What's up, Patrick? Mahalo. And Derek D-Train, he too, coming in from Canton, New York. Derek's our all-around sports guru and research guy. What's up, Derek? What's up, sweetos? And the local nerd on staff, Robbie Pete Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how's your mom and him? And your host tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. Longtime friend of the Blue Line Hockey Club sitting in with us tonight from Canton, New York, coming in from, uh, I think, Westchester area. I don't know what town he's in, but we have Matt P. Funk Bush. New York. Rye, New York. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Well, fellas, we've got a full week of hockey. I don't know what you guys saw in games, but... I kind of tracked the Wild. I know Pat saw the Wild games, man. They came out with a couple of good wins this week. And, Huge. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught the games, but, man, action-packed. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to actually be live at the Minnesota Wild game this week, right? That's right. Thursday, I'll be there for the Kings and the Colorado Avalanche. So I'm pretty excited about going out there. I'm pretty excited to go out there to see the – Avalanche play Nate McKinnon and that Landerskog, all those guys on that first line is just yep. filthy. They're a force. Yeah, McKinnon's just just on a whole nother level this year. I mean, he he started coming on last year, but this year he's really really been a force. He's doing great. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but yeah, Minnesota Wild got a uh, two big wins, uh, beat the Lightning four five OT. That yeah. was. Huge. They snuck it out. They snuck out two wins, really, man. It was uh, two stars. huge wins, really. Yeah. The stars, yeah. I mean, they had, you know, that puts them at, what, four, two, and two, opposed to uh, two, four, and two. So those were two big wins for them. You know, that's a tough conference to pull out the, the win over the, the Bolts and, and the uh, Stars. That's pretty big. Yeah, they the, won. How about the goaltending, though, Pat? What do you call the goalie? Dude, but uh, they they took the win with Strasnick or what was his name? 
The second game. The second. Oh, Staylock, yeah. Staylock, yeah. He got an assist on the game-winning goal. Yeah. Fuck. They got pretty two yeah. good goalies. I think they're just giving Dubnik, uh, you know, rest break. You know, they're gonna, they need him for, you know, yeah. late in the season, long haul, yeah. So I think they actually, you know, they, the coach started him, Staylock, just uh, anticipated a loss, you know. I mean, they're playing the Stars in Dallas. Then playing Tampa at home, I mean, we'll give Staylock the loss. We'll keep doing. <laughs> but you know, I I would have bet against those teams if I would have bet in Vegas. Like, there's no way that Minnesota was going to beat Tampa Bay or the Dallas Stars in Dallas. So they're on a three game win streak, baby. Hey, wow. yeah, didn't didn't, didn't uh, Dubes have like uh, 28 saves in one period or something? Yeah, I think it was something crazy like that. He was on fire. He makes some incredible saves for that win, too. Making Boudreaux look good. How pregnant is he right now, Pat? How many months is Boudreaux? Well, on? now it's going to be so April. Technically, he's about 50, 58 years pregnant. <laughs> is he? Okay. I think Greenway was on the fourth line last game. Right, Pat? I think he kind of be- he started on the third. He's been bouncing around a little yeah. bit. Um, but the, uh, the fourth line was like huge contributor in the game, and they kept talking about it. Um, throughout the game, how the fourth line was was really contributing and what was his thing, that, up. That, what, how how did Jordan you know present the game back to you? Just said that he's you know kind of getting comfortable on the ice, um, seeing the ice better. You know, like last time we had him on the podcast, he was kind of saying you know it's not necessarily you know the speed of the game. You know, he said it's faster, but the windows there's less windows because everything comes you know all your way. As soon as it opens, it closes, right? Yeah, so that's the tough part. But Making decisions really quickly. And he had some good plays. He had a couple good shots, had a couple good opportunities to score. He had a couple good feeds in there. He used his body quite a bit. I noticed that he was uh, knocking some people on their ass. So it looks like he's getting some good energy out there, getting some confidence. Yeah, did you guys see he knocked down uh, Roman uh, Pollock or whatever his name? They say he's like a badass in the weight room, big, strong guy and everything. And yeah. Awesome. Looks like awesome. a mean son of a bitch. <laughs> Waiting for him to drop the gloves. Oh, I thought for sure when Jordan nailed him into the boards, I thought he was going to get up and go after him. I go, oh, fuck, here we go. He kind of hit him from behind a little bit, right? Yeah. Has he had that his first it. scrap yet? No. Still hasn't popped his chair. He's waiting for Befuglin. Yeah. Well, coming up, I, let me tell I, you, I, you better get a fight in before Befuglin. <laughs> he just needs to get a, needs to get a little tougher around the net. I mean, he can't. His job is not to let those goalies cover that puck up. He's got to just keep fucking whacking at at the puck, whacking at the gloves. So uh, he's going to be in a lot of instances where he's going to get in a fight. So you better a lot of face washing. Yep. Boys, how's your conferences doing? You guys been, you know, you yeah, not too bad. Going? Who wants to go first on that one? Well, I mean, we were just talking about the wild. I guess I can go with the uh, central. Pretty pretty tight out there. Um, Nate McKinnon and the Avalanche, I think they're going to kind of. Five and one hey. right now. They're plus ten. That's pretty fucking good. I know. They're pretty good. It's, it's really close. Like I said, it's still early. You know, the top to bottom separated by 14 points. Nashville Predators. St. Louis is down on the bottom with six. 
I'm at goal Dallas. differential though when I when, for that stat. They're plus ten on the differential, so they're oh yeah yeah they're by fucking ten more goals and and yeah other. yeah and it's a tight race out there still. I mean, fourteen, twelve, and eleven, but uh, I think uh, I think Colorado is going to take the central out there. It's getting pretty pretty tight. Um, but I'm still rooting for Minnesota, baby. Three game win streak. Yeah, they're second in the wild card race right now. Yeah, take it. Yep, yep. The Atlantic, I mean, I think the big story so far has been uh, the Maple Leafs and everybody's been talking about their firepower. And, you know, obviously they're uh, 6-3-0 and in first place. First place. Um, and also Tampa Bay has been on fire. I mean, they only have one, one loss, one tie. Woo, one loss. One loss to the Wild. So, you know, they've been playing well. And the sleeper's been... You know, my opinion, the sleepers, the Canadians in third place with, with four wins, four, one, and two. So Boston's right there with them, four, two, and two, right there. So Montreal, uh, has, actually. Montreal has a plus five uh, goal differential, too. So they're scoring goals. Yeah. Tampa Bay's plus 10. I mean, yeah. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Detroit's minus 17 is <laughs> the bottom of the barrel in that league. Poor fucking Jimmy Howard, friend of the, friend of the podcast. You know, our thoughts and prayers are going out for you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. He's getting slaughtered right now in the uh, Carolina game. And uh, they're down 2-0, and I think the shots are 4-1. to And he's That's actually playing. As you talk. Yeah, he's playing against uh, Mrazic is in the other net. So uh, him and Mrazic were fighting for a position for the last couple of years out in Detroit. And uh, – there's a little animosity there. Mrazek's wanted his job for years, so now he's playing against him. So there's that battle tonight. But, you know, Still the are. shots are not even close. Yeah. Jimmy Pepper. is yeah. awful. But the other two teams that, you know, the Atlantic League's pretty strong. You got Buffalo and Ottawa right, Ottawa right there. Uh, Buffalo 5-4 and four, and uh, Ottawa 4-2-1. Four and two and one. So, I mean, Ottawa's doing a lot better than I thought they were going to do. Brady hurt right now. He was a big contributor in the beginning of the season. And, uh, you know, the Florida Panthers, we thought they were going to be up towards the top. They're second to last. They've only won one game. So that's, uh, you know, that's surprising. Yeah, and it's all it's all separated by 9, 10, 11, 12 points. So uh, we'll see how it pans out. But pretty, uh, pretty early to be talking about this kind of stuff anyways. You know, it's like so early in the season, I think a lot of the teams that you see at the top of the divisions right now, you're going to see at the bottom by the end of it. So you think at the have, bottom? I don't know if I at the know. bottom. Toronto and Tampa are probably going to stay up there. I mean, you, like oh, in the right. Metro, you got Carolina in first yeah. place. Carolina's going to be in first place. You know what I mean? Going into the – you're going to yeah. take a top seed when you got New Jersey, Pittsburgh, Washington. You know what I mean? You, there's no way. I mean, yeah. I just think, you know, a lot of teams – you know, there's there's teams that start out, you know, doing all right, and then they're going to fade off. It's pretty early in the season, though, to, to kind of give a thought of where you think somebody's going to be towards the end. But, all right. um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think Carolina is the sleeper in that division. Blue Jackets are doing pretty well, but they're down in fourth place. Seven games in or so. You know what I mean? Some teams playing seven games or whatever. It's hard to, hard to determine where these guys are going to end up, you know, a month or two from now, so. Yeah, I haven't really seen Pittsburgh much. Have you guys seen like the highlights? Like them, seems like I, you know, they're not focusing too much on the Pittsburgh Penguins games on NHL Network and stuff like that. It's no, much press. you don't see much of that, them on the highlight reels or anything either, uh, which yeah. is surprising because 
their depth is so deep. All four lines are so deep. But what surprises me is that Washington's three and two. You know, they still got their hangover going on. Not much going on there. The only plus one goal differential. Um, middle of the pack, three and two. But see what happens here. But yeah, Carolina is a sleeper and a surpriser. No one, no one could have predicted that. New coach, doing great. It's the bring to more effect. Yeah, I think, like I told you guys, I think in the last couple of podcasts, I said he could maybe they could maybe surprise some people just because I think they'll play with a grittiness from you know the style that he used to play. You know, so it's uh, that may be behind what they're doing. It's gotta be. Yeah, I saw an interview with him today. He just looks like a grinder. You know, just just look at him. He looks like a guy that was. You know, grinding hard. He's not his, a pretty boy for sure. His nose, <laughs> his nose, yeah, it looks worse than Mark's. His nose does. Oh yeah, surgery soon, boys. Then I'll probably yeah. get a ring. Fuck it up. Looks good. Fuck it. So, what about you, Robbie? Out, out west there. Out west, man. It's uh, it's a fucking pretty good hockey going on out there. Anaheim is uh, number one right now. Calgary's two. Vancouver's three. Anaheim's the only one that I thought was going to be one. I didn't see Calgary, you know, taking off uh, as fast as they did. Five and three right now. They're plus six, so they're they seem to be coming into the swing of things. Um, I just like to see Edmonton do well out there. I think. I mean, you guys all rooting for Edmonton to do well out there? What? Not really. Um, no. No. I'm I mean, just, they've been struggling, haven't they? I'm watching Edmonton because of Connor McDavid, but. Other than that, that's why I want. That's why I want to see him succeed. Connor McDavid's the best hockey player in the league. Yeah, but there's no supporting cast. I mean, he's had a. I don't know if anybody else has had a chance to put points on the boards without him, but. <laughs> I mean, fuck, it's hard to deliver every night. Yeah. The thing is, with a franchise guy, he's going to be stuck there until his contract's up. That's probably what, like, six more years. At least. I can't time, imagine right? Edmonton's going to get rid of him either. No. They're just going to try to build around him, you know, so he's going to have to kind of wait it out and do his Although, thing. Although, if they had to do a massive overhaul, like Wayne Gretzky back in the day and traded Wayne to the Kings for about 15 players, I could see that, but uh, I don't know if you'd want to get rid of Connor McDavid, but on the other hand, if, you know, if I was to get, I, th- I think the biggest thing out there is, they need a, a really, really good star goalie. Um, and then, like Rob said, just some more supporting cast members. They just have Connor McDavid and um, a couple other guys that are producing, but not enough. I'm rooting for him, though. And uh, just to touch on it a little bit while we're talking about the teams here, uh, Patrick, your Bruins have had a pretty good go at it and their first line has been talked about nonstop since the beginning of the season. And uh, the three guys on that line have been very productive. They have 11 points with Pasternak and they have Marshawn has 12 points. And then I think Bergeron has 13. Yeah. It's 13, 12 and 11. Right. So do the math there. That's, that's a lot of points, man. Where they played like maybe 10 games. Yeah, so, that is. That's a pretty I don't know how the rest of the team's doing, but I I just hear about that first line every day when I watch highlights. Right, yeah. it's I think uh, 13, 12, and 11. Bergeron has 13. Marshawn has 12. Pasternak has 11. 
Pasternak has eight goals. He's leading the team with eight goals. So they got David Krejci. Then McAvoy's up there. McAvoy's uh, fifth scorer on the team with Matt Grizzlick, two two defensemen in the top six. So that's pretty big. Two BU boys right there, Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy. Yeah. Carolina's got a really good first line, too. He's been doing really well. Fitu's been checking that out, but they've been playing well. I think the surprise one for me in uh, the Pacific was Arizona. I mean, they're two and five right now, minus six. Clayton Keller came off a 70 fucking point rookie season and, you know, it's obviously starting a little bit slow, but, you know, that was a surprise for me. I thought they'd start off a little faster. Yeah. He just had two goals the other night, actually. I think it was either yesterday or the day before. I think he had two snipes. Nice. Yeah, they were nice goals, too. Real nice goals. So he's picking so- it up. Yeah, I think the Wild really, beat them in a really close game. The Wild came back and beat beat them, right, Pat? Yeah, it's two to one game, right down to the wire. Dubnik, Dubs was on fire. Stop. Yeah, really the Dying other one, the other one, I'm a little surprised at is the Lakers uh, of the Lakers, the LA Lakers. <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. I mean, he, I guess, hasn't, uh, you know gotten going yet but uh the kings are fucking minus 13 in differentials so they're getting fucking pumped they're all in five right now their last five games yeah two and five overall one five that's not great got to bring lebron in yeah put lebron on skates that's that's a coach that's on the hot seat right there out in la they better get uh something going or else uh he could be uh packing his bags do you think these coaches are really on the block fucking seven games in like that? Every I don't know. I think some of them are. I mean, look at Detroit. They've only won one game, man. They're negative 17. Pro, pro sports is what What have you done for me lately? The GM, the staff, upper management, they just they don't give a fuck. They just want, what have you done for me? You got to produce or you're out the door. I feel like especially in hockey, though, Pat, don't you think? I mean, you see in past seasons, guys getting – coaches getting shown the door, like, real early in the season. So I can see why you're, you know, bringing that yeah. up. Look at Trotz. I mean, he, he left Capitals after winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But and they're was, not doing that great. So not saying much for their new coach. So with us talking about that, who do you guys – coaches that are – Possibly on the hot seat to be fired by the All-Star break. Well, the one that I just mentioned is Detroit because uh, not only this year are they terrible. um, Last year, they didn't make the playoffs. And, you know, it was, I think last year was his first year on the team and he didn't produce and now he's not producing. I mean, it's only a matter of time that they get him out of there. Yeah. Playoffs like a ridiculous amount of years in a row before he got there with Babcock. Yep. Yeah, Babcock left. Jeff Blasdale came in, and they haven't done too much. I I think they might give him one more year, try to rebuild, and then they probably let go. My biggest one, in, I think, is the coach that's on the hot seat is the Oilers head coach. I mean, they've gotten some pretty good picks out there the last couple of years, and um, – Todd McClellan, the head coach, he hasn't done anything. So I, I, I 
I would have to bet the farm that he's going to be gone by the All-Star break. What about the Ottawa coach? What do you think about him? Guy Boucher? I, I don't know. I mean, it's a rebuilding period, right? They might give him another year or two. I think it's more of a coach that has had the squad together for a year or two or more and hasn't produced. Um, I mean, look at Joe Quenville out in Chicago. I mean, who who you can't really fire Joe Quenville, I mean, by just his name and what he's done. But Jesus Christ, what else do you need out there? I was just I was just think, I agree with you, but uh, you know, I was just thinking about with the Ottawa coach. The only reason I say that I guess is because I see him on the list. I think Pat you said a list ground. But the other reason is they've kind of they kind of sold the farm up there, you know what I mean? So why wouldn't I you know, they let go of you know, like Carlson walk and stuff like that. So, you know, when teams start getting to that kind of mode, nobody's safe, you know? So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, kind of the clean house from you're the coach too, but hard to say. Was it three years ago they were in the cup? The yeah. yeah. 2016, 17. I think they. So they, they went beat. from like being in the finals to having a really shitty year last year. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were within a goal. They were within a goal of the Stanley Cup in 2017. Beating my Bruins. Yep. But just getting back to that, you know, I think Derek's talked about it before on other podcasts that um, with David Quinn coming into the league from BU, Quinner, that uh, these, you know, I think these GMs are trying to get these coaches that can coach these younger players the NHL has changed, right, since we were playing, since, you know, some of these old-time coaches have been in the league, like Joe Quenville, Mike Yeo of the uh, um, the Blues, who used to coach the Wild. It's a different, different style of coaching now with these young kids. So I think, you know, with the Rangers kind of choosing David Quinn to maybe come in and teach these 18-year-olds, 18-, 20-year-olds, how to play the game because that's what he's been coaching. He's been coaching these young kids. So I th- I just think a lot of GMs and upper management are looking at these coaches fresh out of college who's shown, you know, that they can produce and win. I mean, you know, the head coach of the Dallas stars uh, came from Denver after winning two national championships. And uh, you know, they hired him hoping that, they could, you know, kind of rebuild these young kids and kind of coach them into the coach them to the motherland. So I, th- I think I think they're kind of getting into letting these old coaches go and hiring these younger coaches fresh out of college. Yeah, the trend across the league is having guys, you know, really young players, you know, basically start contributing real early. You know, so I remember ta- when we were talking to that in, to Matt Lashoff, he was you know, saying how surprised he is at how the young guys that come into the league can contribute so quickly, you know, and they seem like they're not even phased by being on that big of a stage. So you got to have coaches now that are able to develop really, really, really young talent, you know, right from the get-go. So that's that's definitely a league-wide trend. Yeah, for sure. Especially some of these rookies, man, they're like, look at Liney. I mean, Liney, Liney, however you want to say his name. I mean, yeah. just a beast out there. The Amish yeah. assassin. Amish assassin. Yeah, you know, I got a kid in uh, Vancouver that's ripping it up real young this year. Obviously, uh, you know, Henderson. same thing. Same thing in uh, with the Islanders. 
last year as well. I mean, some good yeah, kids out there. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, um, what's his name, Clayton Keller for the Coyotes. I mean, he's just ripping it up, straight fresh out of college. McAvoy, Ryan Donato. Um, you can go on and on with these young kids that are stepping right into the league and really producing. You got, um, what's his name for Winnipeg? He's doing really well. Jack Rosselvick. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, though, to get back to the topic, what we were talking about, I think the Edmonton coach will be gone by the All-Star break. Write it down. Write it down. Tom McClellan <laughs> will be gone. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. But, yeah, Tom McClellan, Gay Boucher of Ottawa, Quenville of Chicago, that would be something else. I mean, if, if you were to fire Quenville of Chicago, do you think you could really get somebody else to replace him? No. Better than him? No. That'd be like firing the head coach of, uh, you know, the Patriots. Who can replace Belichick? It'd be tough to do. I don't think so, but. You know, crazier things have happened, but yeah, you're not going to replace the, you know, some of these coaches, you know, look at Detroit, what happened since they, uh, Babcock shipped off Babcock, right? So, I mean, look at them now. Yeah. It's hard to say. We had Shaver on, you know, he kind of told us how, you know, his thoughts, he's a big Detroit guy and he was telling us that he thought they were going to have a pretty rough season, you know, they lost their captain. He was right on. They're struggling. I mean, they're they're one of their best players with Lark, and he's 22 years old. He's been in the league for four years, but he's still only 22, you know. So he's another young guy that's been contributing for years. Yeah. Some of, some of these older names are going to be pushed out, man. So I yeah. think you see that too, you know. Like, look at the stalls of the league, you know. How many stalls are still left in the league? Two or three? There's still three. Still three? I mean, Minnesota, uh, Rangers, and Carolina. Carolina. So, I mean, you're going to see some of these guys starting to get pushed out, you know, and if you're that older veteran and elite and sitting in that locker room, you got to be looking at these guys like, holy shit, man, you know, yeah. my career is coming to an end. You know, so I think, I think there's Min- some animosity there towards these young guys. Minnesota has the oldest team in the league. The average age is 28 on that fucking team. Wow, that's old. <laughs> yeah, I did hear that. Was That's pretty crazy, man. I which did. is which is good for for experience and stuff like that, but as far as like the future, um, you're going to see kids like uh, Jordan Greenway starting to have to step up in that organization as some of these guys start to retire, get pushed out. Yeah. You got to get they got to get some young more young boys in there. They got that Krill Kriprasov. He's still over in the KHL. He's going to come over and rip it up. They got Arison Ack, Arison, yeah, Arison Ack, and uh, Greenway. I'm trying to think of some other guys that they got that can uh, hopefully work their way up because, I mean, Koivu, he's old. Uh, the stall, like you said, Mark, he's old. Then you got Hendricks. You got Feligno. You got all these guys that are pretty old. So. How old's Parise? Uh, I think he's got to be 33, 34, I want to say. Yeah. Zucker. Fuck, that's old. There. Old for pro sports, that's for sure. Yeah. I always think about it. I hear about these guys, and they're like 38, right? So that's we're all 38, 39 on this podcast, 37. And these guys are still playing. You know, I go play friggin' men's league, and I'm like, Jesus, barely get up and down the ice, and these guys are out there playing with these 20-year-old kids. That's, yeah. That's pretty cool. And then go deep into the playoffs. You just 
the toll it takes on your body. Playoffs. Here we go. Playoffs. Ten games in. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you got a big birthday coming tomorrow, buddy, right? Yes, sir. Thirty-eight. Oh, well, happy birthday. Everybody yeah, send Robbie a happy birthday on Facebook on the Blue Line Hockey Club. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 38. Yep, I'll be 39 in a week and a half, so. Don't worry, fellas. Like I, th- I told Rob earlier this week, I said, I'll always be paving the way for you. So don't worry. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, how about uh, real quick on an injury to a guy that's been on the Blue Line uh, Hockey Club before? Brady Kachuk, that sucked, huh? He was pretty – he was kind of on fire. Yeah, sucks to see that happen. It's just Ottawa had some positive vibes up there, and then this kind of hit kind of stinks. stinks. Yeah, I saw an interview with Mark Stone, and they were talking – he's had some success this year, and he mentioned Brady in his interview about how, you know, it kind of sucked that he got hurt, and you know, that was a big part of the loss for them. So it was kind of cool to see uh, – the, the captain and the veteran from that team actually mentioned him in the interview, so he must think highly of the kid. To uh, but he did also say, you know, next guy, next guy in line. You know, yeah. I guess that's the term they use. If somebody gets hurt, it's the next guy in line. So yeah. another guy that uh, you know, a blue liner that's just coming off an injury is uh, Zach Bogosian. Got his first goal like two games back. Good. Yeah. He needed it. He got a lot of negative press when he got hurt, man. I don't know if you guys saw that Twitter. Oh, that was awful. Around. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. There's <laughs> a guy made out of glass, and they were saying all kinds of shit. <laughs> wrap him in bubble wrap. <laughs> He's had a tough go at it with the new injuries. I hope he makes it the rest of the season and stays healthy. Yeah. You know, some local guy up here from Messina, New York. Uh, wish him the best. Sure. Hey, hey Maddie, What's up, man? Hey, there you go. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? What's what up you, with uh, this league? They call it the NBA or some shit. I don't know. I heard about it the other day. What's up with LeBron? Is he playing for a new team or something? Has the season even started? I don't even know if the season started. Let me check here. Both seasons are young. Both seasons are fresh. It's like he just said earlier. It's too early to tell right now. Uh, any season. doesn't matter any sport. Um, it's just too early to tell at this point. Uh, but, yeah, LeBron's exciting. I'm sure for Laker fans. I'm excited. I'm excited. Is he doing well there? What's the deal? Why did he go out to L.A.? Just to I mean, I get think self-promoting as well, of course. You know, he's, he's getting older. He's in the twilight of his career, or at least approaching that anyway. And, you know, he's it's all about the money, right? Get the fuck out of Cleveland. Who wants to live in Cleveland? So it, they're, um, they're three games into the league, the NBA. Um, Raptors are 3-0. and oh. They got... Kawhi Leonard, right, Matt? Got him. Yeah, Kawhi's nice. He's a good defensive player. He's a good all-around basketball player. Um, that was a big pickup for them. Yeah, it couldn't be a better pickup. Nuggets are three and zero out in the West Conference. Surprise, surprise. I actually hate the Nuggets, and that's why I'm uh, rooting for the Lakers. But the Lakers are zero and two, so that's not a good start. I don't know if LeBron's played in those two games, to be honest with you, but. Uh, um, they've lost to the uh, the actually lost to the Warriors twice and the Clippers. So they just played L.A. teams out there and actually lost to the Trailblazers. Don't be talking too much about Nuggets in front of Rob and Matt. You're gonna get them all excited. <laughs> yeah, especially Rob. 
It's so uh, to tell. we'll see what happens though. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, like I said before, the season's early and, uh, you know, you can be the best player in the world and, and it doesn't matter. You still got to mess with your teammates, no matter what the sport is. So. How are you doing on your fantasy football, Matt? I know you take that seriously. I uh, love the fantasy football uh, in three leagues currently uh, doing well in one, not so hot in the other, but you know, that's how it goes as well. So who's your quarterback in the league you're doing well with? I got Drew Brees in the one I'm doing well in. Uh, the offense is doing really, really well, putting up points. Defense is always struggling, but that's New Orleans. That's the way they've been forever. Yeah, I like Drew Brees. What about Mahomes and the Chiefs? Me oh, too. Had a big win last night. Smoked him. What was it? It was 45-10. Oh, who did play? And Kareem Hunt just crushed fantasy last week. Hunt, Hunt was insane. Thirties, in yeah. Yeah, Chiefs are really good, man. They if they you know keep all their guys healthy and the defense can defense last night played really well, which was their weakness, you know. So if they can you know if they can put together you know even a halfway decent defense, uh, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, the only team you know, they, I guess Matt, what would you say the Rams or something like that? Probably the other team to beat in the NFL, basically. Or, I mean, being out there on the West Coast, you don't really get to see the Rams games that often, but it, I just know it's a privilege and an honor, and it's fun to watch Kansas City play play football. It, it's yeah. really nice to watch. Yeah, Mahomes is exciting, man. I watched um, – who did I watch? The Redskins play um, yesterday. Cowboys? Cowboys, yeah. And uh, that defense just ate the Cowboys up, man. Those – our defensive line for the Redskins are like the shortest yeah. guy is six eight, yeah, like three hundred fifty pounds, like just monsters, and they just steamroll Dallas. I mean, they. I think uh, Elliot after the you know halftime had like four yards. <laughs> Seriously though, you're right. I mean, do you ever look at like I I will be watching the game sometimes, and I'll talk to my wife, and I'll say who the fuck gives birth to these fucking people? You know, they're like, <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're massive. There's like last night I was uh, watching the chiefs game and there's like, you know, you get shots of like at the sideline, you know, so you see the coaches and there's like players standing behind the coaches. Yeah. And, like the coaches are like, look like they're little miniature human beings. You know what I mean? And there's these guys, like their shoulders are three times as wide. Their yeah. Heads, like they're, they're showing a picture of the coach's head and then the player behind them, his head isn't even in the frame. You yeah. Know? So, like, that's, I don't even. I, don't, I really don't know who's giving birth to these people. I, I don't Coach, coaches' eyes are at their belly button. Seriously, they're like telling them, "You gotta do this." The player must be looking at him like, "What the fuck are you talking to?" I was watching a game the other day, guys, and I'm sitting there watching. It was on the sideline. Same thing as Derek just said. And a guy had sunflower seeds in his hand, and I just thought to myself, "This looks like something my son would have." It looked like a like a fun size. And it must have been an economy <laughs> size, but just the mitt on those guys—they're massive. Yeah. Well, the Bills are on the block right now. McDermott be <laughs> on his way out, man. He's put himself into a box, I think. I feel they, bad for the Bills. Uh, they just picked up Derek Anderson. And, yeah. you know, I'm not even sure. Uh, great, he's a veteran, but is he, is he that fucking good in the first place? Or Well, he they brought him in, Rob, to, like, basically coach up Josh, Josh Allen. Allen. And, yeah. and what's the what's the dude that stinks for them? Peterman or Peter? What's the guy's name? Anyway, Peter Edit. So they brought him like to kind of coach up these young kids, you know. And then like they bring him off the street, and they're like, "Guess what? You're starting this week." Yeah. yeah. 
15 days yeah. in, he's got to fucking learn an offense. Well, I feel bad for him. But the Bills, I feel bad for the Bills in a way because the Bills are a lot in a franchise, you know, since their heydays of the not late, you know, the not mid-90s or whatever, early mid-90s. They have the same situation that the Chiefs have just gotten themselves out of, and that is they cannot find a freaking quarterback. You know what I mean? It's like they're, they have really good defense usually. They actually have usually pretty good skill players on offense, and they just don't have that quarterback to engineer these guys down the field, you know what I mean, and make them a winning organization. Thank God the Chiefs have found that. But uh, I feel for them because it's, it's kind of a similar organization in my opinion. It's frustrating as hell, man. You know, as a player, we've been we've been rebuilding since you you know, like you said, since the mid nineties. Yeah. Fuck. Matt, the Raiders, your team are selling everybody off. Traded just traded Amari Cooper, right? Oh, it's absolutely I, I don't even know how to feel about myself as a fan because I feel like I've almost jumped off the Raider fandism. Yeah. Is that oh yeah, it might not be a word, but That's we're gonna go with it. It's terrible. The team's awful. They traded away their best defensive player. You got Marshawn Lynch. He's on IR. <laughs> so, no. Um, yeah, it's a bad situation. I'm here in New York City, so can't even trip the Giants. So, Barkley's amazing, but Odell Beckham does his whiny thing all the time, and, you know. He's already been doing that tonight, I see. Ugh. Oh, yeah. It's all about him. All about him. So, a little recap on what's going on out there in the NHL tonight. We have uh, Detroit is losing three to nothing, and the uh, the shots are now thirty nine to twenty one. So Howard's still getting peppered. So had Winnipeg lost to St. Louis, so that was a big win for them. Winnipeg's pretty hot, man. I mean, Liney's on the second line because they, they got so much firepower. Getting into the back to the NHL, we uh, everybody see the mascot. Mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers came Gritty. out. Gritty. Gritty. That fucking guy's everywhere, man. It did. He made uh, social media pretty uh, – went viral there for a little while. Um, kind of uh, – some people are hit or miss on that. They either like him or don't. I, <laughs> I just think it's kind of weird. Like, they couldn't come up with anything else, I guess. I guess it's more – so, mascots, you know – in all sports, college level, pro sports, is more for the fans, right? I mean, more for the kids to try to get the kids involved in the sports, kind of entice them to want to go to the games and to see fucking gritty at the game. It's just <laughs> scares the fuck out of kids, right? <laughs> you think you'd, there. Yeah, you'd want to hug, like a huggable, lovable mascot or something cool, but... Uh, they have all kinds of mascots, I guess, but uh, that one was a little crazy. I guess the story is, I don't know if the listeners have seen Gritty. He's just like a big orange. You've been living under a rock if you haven't seen the picture of Gritty. Yet, Furball. But, uh, yeah. It's big bulging eyes, like cookie monster eyes with, you know, the, all orange and ugly. But uh, he basically looks like Pat if Pat went and lived in the woods for like seven months. Yes. With my, or, with my orange beard. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, but the fans just love that guy. He uh, eats ice out of the Zamboni in between periods. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like Robin, ketchup and mayonnaise. Yum. They're, they're kind of saying that he's lit. The story behind him is that he lived 
in the Wells Fargo arena for a long time. And he he finally just came out with the renovations. Yeah, that's what it was. So he came out and uh, he went viral. A lot of other mascots, they kind of all look the same, but just with a different logo on them. I don't know if you guys saw that. I didn't, even, I didn't even realize, Pat, you sent a picture around of, like, mascots. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't realize, like, all these NHL teams had mascots, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only team that doesn't is the Rangers. Is that um, right? Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I guess the one that I like the best is because we're from upstate New York, our south of Ottawa, where we all grew up. And I guess Sparty, the Ottawa Senators mascot, he's – I guess is the one I like best, but uh, lion. Yeah, Sparty the lion, but um, I don't know. <laughs> See, the I Rangers like... don't. Rangers don't have a mascot because no one can afford to bring their kids to the games because their tickets are so expensive. Yeah, I mean it would be so easy for the Rangers. Why don't they just have the Statue of Liberty or something? It's there, you know. I'll tell you yeah. what, I'm glad Jordan's game is, is, is in February because, like Mark just said, you got to save up money for those tickets. It's brutal. The team's not even that good, so I don't know why they would uh, charge the way they charge around here for that. Oh, MSG, man, premium. Anything in New York is expensive. Yeah, you got to accommodate the fans, though. Come on now. Just like Giants games. It's expensive as shit. Team sucks. Yeah. you got to save up for uh, two months to go. But uh, they were... go to a Bills game with an EBT card. Oh, you can now? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> they like they pay you to go. <laughs> saying that, uh, getting back on the mascots, that uh, it's not just, you know, uh, just some Joe random guy in those mascots. These guys actually try out um, acrobats and shit like that, try out. It's not Rob Liggio under there. These guys are actually <laughs> these guys. You know, they do stunts like the guy out in Vegas, whatever his friggin'. I think he's a lizard, isn't he? Yeah, he's a lizard out there in Vegas. Um, he hangs from the rafters and does fucking stunts and shit like that. So uh, um, all all mascots and col- even college football, uh, they're doing crazy shit. And it's to the point now where they they the NHL mascots and some of the college mascots um, have like showings. They travel the United States um, on a bus together, and they put on like a a little show or something at the stadiums just to get ready for the season coming up. So, and they're getting paid pretty good money too. So uh, I was gonna say, how much do you think these guys make? I guess I bet you they're making fifty, sixty thousand traveling around for free. Not too bad. The difference between the NHL mascots is most of them have to skate. They send them out in the ice in between periods and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think Gritty took a nigger his first time on the ice, didn't he? Yeah, he he pulled a Rossovic. Pulled a Rossovic. Yeah. They put some. (laughs) They put some clear tape on his skates, didn't they? We used to do that all the time. Poor fucking Mike Donnelly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think I think our dear buddy Squirrely had that happen to him too. You know, oh, did Squirrel, like, to fire up out under the ice. I think somebody put some clear tape. Clear tape on him. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> they had to do it to the kid that like went out into the ice 100 miles an hour. You know, <laughs> he was running into off of the uh, the rubber mats onto the ice. At, 
five miles an hour and just bites it. I'm not sure how you miss tape on your skates. I mean, I look at my stuff over and over and over again when I'm putting it on, you know, and how, how do you miss clear, even clear tape on there? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, uh, I don't really look that close. <laughs> if you put it on there well, you can't really see it, but I, I'm the same, Rob. I kind of look at I would, I would definitely see it for sure. I, I wouldn't like, see uh, Ben Gay in my jock strap. We no. did that too. The old saran wrap over the toilet seat. How do you not oh, see yeah. it? But it happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, that I can understand. Sometimes when you gotta go, you gotta go. Oh God, that'd be awful. <laughs> yeah, it would. Well, fellas, you want to get into anything else going on? I know uh, Colorado. Philadelphia and Washington's just starting out in Vancouver tonight, one nothing in the first. That's pretty much it on the scoreboard for this Monday night. We have the uh, USA hockey guy coming on next week, right, Mark? Talk a little USA yeah. hockey. Yeah, Kenny Roush will be on next week. Kenny's uh, a, a great guy. He played out at VC uh, back when they won. Well, they went to the Final Four four times. I don't know if they end up winning at all. But BC or BU, Mark? I'm uh, pretty sure he was at BC um, back when they were in the Frozen Four. Like I think all four years he was there. He uh, played a little in the in the minors, and then now he works with uh, USA Hockey, and he's kind of a stat guy, and he works with youth development. So we'll get into a little bit about what USA Hockey is doing for youth programs and how we're developing some of these young studs that you're seeing in the NHL today. And uh, also a little bit about um, how the USA hockey players are starting to become some of the best goal scorers, which hasn't happened in a long time. So he's got all the stats and, and the numbers on the game and, and where we're going, where Canada is, where the rest of the world is at, as far as um, how many guys they have in the NHL and if they produce. And it's actually pretty cool. He's got tons of knowledge. He's just one of these rain, rain man type dudes that has all the numbers and it'll be a very interesting guest. So if you want to hear a little bit about USA hockey and where it's going, make sure you check out our, our podcast next week with Kenny Roush. Kenny Roush. Okay. Hey guys. Two four hockey stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Before yeah. hockey stuff uh, came into the North country right here. Yep, just made its way to Canton. Uh, stuff looks good. I'm going to pass it off to Derek, and Derek can give it to you or or whatever. But uh, there's some hats, some shirts. Looks good. Some bras in there. Yeah, they're for... Any bros for up? Don. <laughs> My brother's team, the Maples, over in, uh, over in the Berg, they had their, their gear done by 2-4 Hockey. Turned out really well. Oh, um, wow, nice. Kind of looks like... Uh, their logo kind of looks like Air Canada, so I think they might get sued. But they, uh, <laughs> I saw they that got, actually. They got some cool gear, and Two Four Hockey did that for them. So if you have a team that uh, you want to get hats or shirts or hoodies or any custom gear made, Two Four Hockey has some awesome stuff, and uh, all of their other stuff is is cool too. If you're looking for something to run around the rink in this winter, get on to Two Four Hockey US or Two Four Hockey CA in Canada. Ten BLHC. Fifteen off, so you get fifteen off your entire order with ten BLHC fifteen off. Big supporters of the Blue Line Hockey Club. Yeah. So if you uh, listen to us, get on and check them out because they they do a lot for us at Blue Line Hockey Club. They help promote our stuff down in Florida. 
and uh, other parts of the ECHL and, and all these other avenues of getting our podcast out there. So, so much gratitude to Two Four Hockey and uh, fellas. Till next week, keep your stick on the ice. To you, go. Keep your head up. Hey, hey.